Welcome to Thrive Lathrop Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. All right, well, good morning, Thrive. Good morning, good morning. Hey, do me a favor, before we get started with the service, can we just give it up for everyone watching online this morning? Come on, let's give it up for everyone watching online. Thank you for joining us. Man, so good to have you in the room or watching with us online. And right now, if you're on your if you have your phone, I think everyone has their phone, go ahead and pull out your phone and share this service to Facebook, share it on YouTube, whatever you need to share it on, go for it. You never know who's hanging out in their pajamas and who might watch church this morning. I'm just saying. And I don't know about you, but I am grateful for the extra hour of sleep. Thank you, Jesus. Yo, it's like one of my favorite days of the year is fallback. I love it, I love it, I love it. All right, good stuff. Hey, well, I'm excited for what God's doing in the house. Um, and just so grateful uh, for, for what Jesus is doing here at our church. Um, it's going to be a good day today. First service was off the hook. And I think God's just going to kind of leak it over and do what he did first service and second service. It's going to be really, really special. And so uh, I'm excited to announce we're starting our new series called Sandcastles. Uh, we're going to be doing this series for the next two months. All right. We're going to do it in November and December. And really, it's for two reasons. One, I'm really excited to really just kind of speak on this topic of God building us and, and what God does as a builder. But secondly, it's actually kind of a, a deeper series for us. And uh, it's something that I've been wanting to announce and I'm excited to announce and I officially get to announce it today, praise God, because it's been a minute. Um, we are, in the next few weeks, finally breaking ground on our building project here at Thrive. Come on, can we just give Jesus thanks? We are gonna be expanding the sanctuary, updating the offices, updating the kids wing. Come on now, we're going to be remodeling the cafe, remodeling the lobby. And so for those that do not know, we did a generosity campaign for this called The Grow Project in 2019. And the plan was to build because before COVID, we were running four services. Can you believe that, y'all? We were doing 8.30, 10, 11.30, and 1 o'clock every Sunday. It was awesome, but it was crazy. And we are almost at that capacity again. Like we are almost back to what we were averaging before COVID. We're right there. And so we were supposed to build during 2020. But how many, you know, that everyone's plans got messed up during 2020? Like some of y'all had cruises and vacations and we did nothing, right? We just stayed at home all day and it was crazy. Um, and so it's been a long time coming. And shout out to the building project team. They've been incredible. And so in the next few weeks, we are going to be breaking ground on the building project. And I'm so excited. This sanctuary currently seats about 350 to 400 people, 400 seats at the most. And we're about to expand it to hold 700 to 800 seats every single week. And I'm so excited. Because I am believing that God is positioning us not just to grow because we want to get bigger. That's shallow. That's the dumb reason. But I believe that there are people who hear, need to hear the gospel. There are people who need to experience what God is doing in this house. And part of the vision of this house is we are going to eventually in the next three to five years plant multiple locations all across the Central Valley. And so we are going to need to be able to have a home base so that way we can send 200 people to Tracy and then 200 people to Stockton and then 150 people to Manteca and 200 people to Modesto. Why? Because I believe the expression of what we have at this church are 
state, our region, Northern California, we need what Jesus is doing here. There are families that don't know God. There are people that need to know who Jesus is. And I believe that God is going to get us ready for that season. And part of that is the building project. So I'm so excited. And here's the deal. This is also a little bit of why I want to preach on this topic on this series. Because I felt like the Lord challenging me with this. He said, Chris, what does it matter if you build a building bigger, but you're not building God's people? Because how many of you know that the church isn't a building, but it's us? Right? I said, what does it matter if we have a bigger building? Although I'm really excited for it, as you can tell. It's going to be dope. And yes, I still use dope because I'm a 90s kid. All you Gen Zers, you don't understand, but one day you will, okay? It's fine. One day your words won't be cool, okay? Get over it. It's going to be dope. It's going to be awesome. We're going to see thousands of people get saved. We're going to see thousands of families get healed. We're going to see Jesus bring a move of God in this region. I really believe that. But what does it matter if the building's bigger and we have nice things, but the people of the house aren't being built in the way God wants them to be built? And so we're going to do a series called Sandcastles for the next eight weeks. And what it's going to be on is that we're going to talk about how God is a builder and how God builds things that last. And we're not going to be building sandcastles. We're not going to build things that get washed away from the shore. We're not going to get, we're not going to build things that life can eventually wash away. But we are going to learn what it means to allow God to build us from the inside out. And part of the dynamic is this, is every week we're kind of in a way, once the construction starts in a week or two, we're going to have like an illustrated sermon because we are going to be still meeting for church while we're in construction. So I don't know if you've ever been in a construction project, anybody in the room? And so when we bought our house, uh, it was really awesome because we got to live in the house we lived in while they built our house somewhere else. And that's great because you got to go visit. You got to see the floor, you got to see the frame, you got to see all the, when they pour the concrete and you got to go check out your house. But then you got to go home to your comfortable house and sleep in your bed and stuff. I remember when I was younger, my aunt who adopted me and my grandma, they remodeled their house, but they still had to live in it. They remodeled the kitchen and then my Nina, my aunt, she wanted a really cool walk-in closet. So I was like, go ahead, Nina. You're, like, taking care of all of us. Do you, girl. Like, that's awesome. And so she, she wanted a walk-in closet. And I remember having to live while we were in construction. And if you've ever been in a construction project where you had to live where you were in construction, how many know it's kind of tough? Like, the first week was awesome. Because I'm going to be honest. I was a chunky Mexican kid. I, I had the body of a chicken nugget, real talk, real talk, not a chicken strip, a chicken nugget, and you know who you are, who can relate, and the first week, man, it was so cool, because when the kitchen's getting remodeled, that means we got to eat out every day, Pollo Loco, In-N-Out, McDonald's, Chinese food, no panda, Chinese food. Because I grew up in L.A., there's a difference. It has some Chinese name or some Asian name with, like, express or takeout. And it looks like a little hole in the wall. But for $4.99, you get fire and a massive plate. Come on now. Every day. And I was feeling it with my chunky self. I was feeling it. But by week two, I was missing some home cooking. But listen, I want to tell you a little about the history of this house. Thrive, before we came in this building was portable for over 10 years, nine to 10 years. 
There were seasons where we would set up weekend to week out in a high school. They would show up, the team would show up at 7 a.m. to set up in a high school every week for about two to three years for like 100 people for one service at 10 o'clock. And I'm telling you, if they can get through years of not having a home, we as a house can get through three to four months of a construction project, okay? And then at the end of it, we're not gonna be on site for a couple weeks. That's fine, why? Because here at Thrive, we do what we need to do to get things done. We're not gonna let circumstances, we're not gonna let uncomfortability get in the way of what God wants to do with the people of this house. And so I just want you to get you ready because we're gonna be under construction. And it's going to look different. It's going to feel different. And it's going to be a little awkward. Listen, I love you. It's okay to get over it. We're all going to be uncomfortable. But I believe it's going to set us up for what God has for us in the future. I believe uncomfortable seasons are necessary for growth. Confrontation delayed is confrontation increased. Sometimes you just need to hit it on the head where it's at. And I believe that God is getting us ready for this season. And so as we talk about the building project, it would be, we would be remiss to not allow God then to build us from the inside out. What would it matter if the building seats more people, but the people of God aren't built to the capacity that God wants to build us in? We have to allow Jesus to build us from the inside out because he cares way more about people than he does about buildings. Does that make sense? Good stuff. So, Let's do this. Let's jump right in this morning. Stand your feet with me. We're going to read the word. Come on. All right. Let's go for it. Matthew chapter 7. So excited. And it says this. It says, and everyone then who hears these words. This is Jesus. He's talking to his disciples. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built. Everybody say built. His house on the rock. The rain fell. The floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall. Come on, somebody. Because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built, everybody say built, his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and a and great was the fall of it. Come on, family, let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Pray that you would speak to us, that this word would hit our hearts, that God, as we introduce this series and as we start it off this season, God, that you would get us ready. And I'm so excited for what you're doing here with the people of this house and our church. So God, I pray that you would just continue your work and let us focus in on what you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go ahead, you can have a seat. So if you're taking notes today, the title of today's message is Rock and Sand. Rock and Sand. And I want to give you this quote. We're going to say this quote every week for this series because I feel like it's a great explanation and a theme for what we're really kind of jumping into in these next seven, eight weeks as we discuss what God's going to do in this house and in us, all right? And it's this quote by a man named Watchman Nee. And, and Watchman Nee, I didn't explain this first service, but Watchman Nee, brilliant writer, Brilliant leader. He, he's uh, actually a gentleman that passed away, but he was a church leader in the underground church in China during the communist revolution in the 30s and 40s. And uh, he was young. He was a young man, but led thousands of people, led thousands of people to Jesus and led thousands of churches in 
the underground church in China. And so when, when Watchman Nee kind of like writes and talks about things, and obviously you got to make sure they're biblically correct. But when you meet someone who's legit but also who does the stuff, you kind of want to listen. You know what I'm saying? It's like someone trying to tell you how to do your job and they've never done your job a day in their life. Like you're not going to listen to them. Watchman Nee would literally get sent to prison and get beat for the gospel that we're talking about today. So, like, it's kind of good we listen to dudes like that. You know what I'm saying? And so Watchman Nee says this, and I love this quote. I read this quote years ago, and it's so powerful, and I want us to actually read it together out loud. I want us to memorize this quote because I believe it encompasses and it, it, it really explains what we're going to be going into the next seven, eight weeks. And it says this. Ready? We're going to read it together. One, two, three. The Holy Spirit is both a builder and a dweller. He cannot dwell where he has not built. He builds to dwell and dwells in only what he has built. Come on, that's good. What is Watchman he saying? He's saying the Holy Spirit's job, one of the things he does is he builds us. I don't know if you know this, but the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost is at work in your life if you have a relationship with him. And here's the deal. He will not live where he will not be open to build. Does that make sense? So what do I mean by that? God wants to rest inside you. God wants to live in your life. God wants a real relationship with you. God wants to be a part of your life. God wants to be a part of your family. God wants to be a part of your marriage. God wants to be a part of whatever you do. The problem, though, is that oftentimes we don't allow him to build us from the inside out. We don't allow his word. We don't allow his truth. We don't allow his ways. And so here's what the Bible is talking about. Here's what Watchman Nee is talking about, is that for God to live in us, right? For God to reside in us, for God to be a part of us, he also is a part of the building process. And so he will not dwell where he cannot build. And the beautiful thing though is where he does dwell, he also does build. And I want to be a people that doesn't just build a house externally, but does not allow Jesus to live in us internally. I don't want to be a people, I don't want to be an individual who has a relationship with God and all of it is just say or words, but I have really not allowed God to change and transform my heart. And so in this series, we're gonna talk about God doing that very thing. How does he build in us? So that way he can rest with us. So we can be closer than ever before. And so today, as we talk about rock and sand, before we get into the details of it, I wanna kind of start off with this first point that I think will really kind of open up the passage in Matthew 7, and it's this. Jesus always builds on rock. We consistently build on sand. Right? Yeah? Okay, let me explain. Let me, let me kind of break this down a little bit. So when I was, when I was younger, um, and, and it, it, we just got done through Halloween season, so I think this kind of analogy makes sense. When I was younger, my brother's, uh, my family, well, well, we grew up like old school church, so like you couldn't dress up for Halloween. I don't know if anybody grew up like that, but that's cool. It's all good. Um, so we grew up old school church, but my mom liked Halloween. But my dad was like, we ain't celebrating Halloween. And so there was a conundrum. And so my mom said, fine, we won't celebrate Halloween. But what she did is she let my little brothers, Alex, who's actually an intern here at our church, and my brother Isaac, who is back home in L.A., um, they would wear costumes all year long. I remember going to Easter one year, and my brother dressed up as Iron Man. 
because we weren't celebrating Halloween. That was my mom's way of getting away with it. Come on, let's, come on, ladies, y'all find ways. It's okay. It's all good. And so my brothers, when they would go to the movies, and even my son, when, when, when they take them to the movies, they always think that when they go to the movies, they're the hero in the story. And I don't know if you're the same way, hopefully. Now, if you think you're the villain, we'll pray for you. But if you whether you go to Marvel movie, Star Wars movie, whatever movie, Top Gun movie, whatever movie, I don't know, there's been some movies. You always kind of go in and you associate with the good guy, right? That's natural. You associate with the guy who is the hero. And that's what my little brothers would do. That's why they would dress up as Iron Man or Hulk or Wolverine, whatever. And guys, it was bad. Like it got to the point where people started buying them costumes for them. And they would just come to church in their costumes. Like they wouldn't change out of their costumes. And even my son, I remember we saw the Spider-Man movie earlier this year. Or last year, whenever it was. I don't know when it came out. It's been a blur, right? Come on, let's be honest. And, and I was like, son, how did you like the movie? And my son, he doesn't tell me his favorite part. He doesn't tell me what's the best thing about the movie. He starts by saying, well, dad, I'm, I'm Spider-Man. Come on, some of you that have kids, you know what you're talking about. Some of you that are adults do the same thing. You literally are relating to the person on the screen. Like you are that person. You are that superhero, right? For whatever reason, I don't know, but you relate. And I was like, son, oh, you're Spider-Man? He's like, yeah, I'm Spider-Man, dad. I'm like, why are you Spider-Man? He goes, I don't know, I'm just Spider-Man. And this is what we do. We treat the Bible the same way. Where we read the Bible and we think we're the good guys. The problem is, is most of the time, we're not. So, for example, when you read David and Goliath, let's just use that one as a good example, because I think everyone knows that story. Most of you don't see yourself as Goliath, right? You go into the Bible with a preconceived notion that you're doing things right, and you are the good guy of the story. The problem is that's not the, that's not the biblically accurate way to approach the Bible. What you actually have to do is you have to let the Bible tell you who you are and who you're not, and so when we read this story in Matthew 7, we can go to this passage and read that there's two people. One builds his house on the sand and one builds his house on the rock. And we can think, oh yeah, Jesus, I build my house on the rock. The problem is, is most of us don't. The problem is, is most of us have built things on the foundation of sand. And so what we will do is we will read scriptures that Jesus has taught us and we will think that we are the good guys when the reason why Jesus put it in the Bible was to reveal to us that sometimes we're not and we need to refocus ourselves and understand what we're doing wrong so that we can align ourselves with Jesus and his heart. And so here's the reality that I have learned. That I have oftentimes built my life way too much on things of sand than actually build it on the rock. And here in this passage, we find that Jesus explains to us not only what to build on, but actually how to build. The Bible says that there was two men. One of them built his house on the rock. One of them built his house on the sand. And I think what we have to understand is that Jesus always builds on the rock. Because he will always build on himself. Because himself can never be wrong. Because he's perfect. He's, he, he, he will never let you down. 
Jesus will never lie to you. Jesus will never cheat you. Jesus will, it will be for eternity. The prophets talked about that one day there will be a kingdom that was established on the throne of David that will last forever. That one day there will be the word of God that will go beyond years and ages and decades. That Jesus is the rock that we build our lives on. And so Jesus understands that the only way he is going to build something that lasts is he has to build something on himself. But what we do, let's be honest, we build on things that don't last. We build sandcastles. Have you ever built a sandcastle? It's fun till the water comes. Like that's the worst. That's the worst is when you spend all this time and all this effort building something. And the next thing you know, the big old wave comes and it's all gone. And I believe that Jesus would challenge us in this house today. That are we building on a foundation that is going to last forever? Or are we building on a foundation that's going to get washed away by the, by the sea and by the storms of life? And we have to learn that Jesus wants us to focus on this foundation. Because it is in our foundation with him that God is able to build and sustain something forever. Does that make sense? Because here's the truth, whether we like it or not. Point number two is that. It's not if the storm will come, but when. Come on. If you're in this room and some preacher told you that when you get saved, everything's going to get better and you're going to get rich and all your problems are going to go away, I'm sorry. Because that was a lie from the pit of hell. That's not true. That's not the gospel. Honestly, in some ways, your life gets harder when you get saved. Not because God wants you to suffer, no, no, no. But because now you learn how to follow Jesus and it's contradictory to the way you used to be. And so when the storm comes, come on, not, not if it comes, when it comes, when the storm comes, you can no longer default to the thing that you used to numb yourself with. Because you've been renewed in Christ Jesus. So there are storms and life is real. And some of you right now, you might be in a storm. I, I preached about this a little bit last week. But some of you might be in a storm, and I, I get it, and it hurts, and, and there's a lot going on. Some of you that aren't in a storm, that's awesome. I'm super happy for you. It's probably a good season. But there are storms that come. The problem is, is that by the time the storm comes, it is too late, and we have not built on the proper foundation. We haven't built on the proper foundation. I just spoke at a youth conference this weekend in Sacramento, and I was talking with my wife about how I wanted to take the kids to this youth conference in Sacramento. I wanted to take Zadok and Psalm with me, and then my wife was like, no, we're not going to take them. And I was like, yes, we're going to take them. And she's like, no, we're not going to take them. And she won because she's the wife, right? Come on, let's be honest. I don't know about the whole happy wife, happy life thing, but I fell into it this week. I'm just going to be real. And we're on the way, and I just kind of gave up. And I was like, why did you really not want to take the kids? And they were like, well, there's a storm coming in Sacramento. And I was like, okay. It was like super sunny yesterday. Everything was fine. I woke up, or Friday. I woke up Saturday morning, and it was like a hurricane was going to hit. Like it was dark. It was gloomy. You know what I'm talking about? And, and, I, and I just remember, I look at my wife, and, and I did the humble husband thing. I said, hey, babe, you were right. And luckily, my wife loves Jesus, so she didn't throw it in my face. But I knew in her heart she was saying, I told you so. Because that's, come on, let's be real, that's what we do. The thing about storms is that 
you can see the storm coming. But if you have not built something that will last, there's not enough time to fix so that way to fix what's wrong so that way the storm doesn't take out what you have built in your life. And here's what I have learned in this walk with Jesus is that if we don't allow ourselves to build on a solid foundation, which is Jesus, if we build our life on sand, which is building our life on us, building our life on our emotions, building our life on our own ideas, build, if we are not building on the rock, then every time a storm comes, we're not going to make it. And I, I believe this is what Jesus is sharing to his people, especially today, that listen, there's going to be crisis. Listen, there's going to be stuff that happens. I'm not trying to make it down, like make a downer, and I'm not trying to be rude or mean. It's just, you know this is true. Things don't go our way. Things don't go as planned. If COVID taught us anything, it's that at one instant, the world can be turned upside down. The difference, though, for people who follow Jesus is that the storm will not take me out. The storm will not kill my marriage. The storm will not affect my kids. The storm's not going to affect my heart. The storm isn't going to stop me from following. Why? Because I've built on something that's going to last that's greater than the storm. I have built my life on Jesus and his way and his methods, on his truth. On his love and his mercy, I have built my life on this thing that is the rock of Christ that will last for generations to generations to come. Storms come. They just do. It's okay to be ready. It's okay. I believe God would want us to get ready. Because here's the thing. This is what I've learned. Is that. Sometimes the storm comes, and I believe this, I, I truly believe this, that it's the grace of God the storm comes in your life. So you can stop wasting your time on building something that's not going to last. So I think sometimes we always think it's the devil. Come on, let's be honest, we always think it's the devil. And most of the time, sometimes it is, let's be real, because he hates your guts. He don't like you. But sometimes God allows the storm. Because you were building on something that wasn't going to last anyways. So God's going to get rid of the thing that you don't have to build no more so that way you can refocus and build on him. Right? And I want, to, I want us to really catch this. Because this is so important to articulate and understand in this idea of following Jesus and letting God build us from the inside out. Is that we have to allow ourselves to ask the deep questions, what are we building our life on? And are we wasting our time building something that isn't going to last and the storms of life are going to wash it away? Or are we focusing too much on something that we shouldn't be focusing on? Are we investing our life into something that we shouldn't be investing our life into? Are we putting our life, our trust, our hope, our love into something that will wash away like the sands on the seashore? Because the storm is coming and that's okay because God doesn't intend to, listen, listen, uh, God doesn't want the storm to take you out God wants to use the storm so you can trust in him it breaks my heart when people leave Jesus because bad things happen to them when they miss the whole point of walking with Jesus in the first place 
is that when bad things happen to me, I have someone to hold on to and not just be tossed in the storm and be completely reckless. Because I don't have to be who I used to be anymore. And the storm's not going to make me move backward. I'm actually anchored in him. I'm actually founded in him. I'm actually rooted in him. And this storm is not going to take me out. Because I've built my life on something that's going to last forever. It's a tough kind of conversation, but I think it's so necessary. And, and here's the thing. When Jesus is teaching about this, this was common in the nation of Israel. They would have storms that would come, and the storms would come and actually wipe out entire houses and villages. Because the rains would be so high, because it, it didn't really rain that much. So when it rained, it rained. You know what I'm talking about? Californians, we can relate. Like, let's be real. Half of us don't know how to drive when it rains. St commuters, come on. You, they start wilding out out there in the Bay Area rains like for two minutes and everyone's like I don't know what to do with myself like come on right so so it's the same thing and so Jesus is actually giving a really clear analogy to the people who are listening in this conversation some of them probably lost their home because what happened is the rains would completely overrun the river and the river would completely overrun the houses and the houses would be desolate and it's crazy to think that you would spend years or days building something and then one day it's gone I don't want to build my relationship on something that a storm can take out. I don't want to build my life on, on something a storm can take out. I don't want to build my friendships. I don't want to build my calling. I don't want to build my church on a storm that can take it out. The only way we avoid that is by building on the rock. Building on the rock. And here's the reality. As most of us... And this is true. We want external change without internal transformation. <laughs> I know that hits home for a little. I know. I know that's. I know. I know. Came out of nowhere with that one. I know. I love you. We want to change our outside circumstance. We want to change the way we look. We are so focused on what Jesus says. He says we are so focused on what's outside of the cup. We forgot about what's inside the cup. You know the crazy thing about foundations? You can't see them. You can't see them. The only time you've ever gone into the foundation of your house is when like a possum died. Or you have a flood. Most of you, I've never been in the foundation of my house. I don't even know how to get there. I'll just be completely honest. Someone's got to show me. Like I don't even know how to, I don't even know what little door to go under or whatever. I don't know. Foundations are invisible. Foundations are invisible, but yet they're necessary. And so you are the only one who really knows what you're building your life on. You can be the most Holy Ghost, super duper Christian ever. In the sense like, good morning, brother, how are you? Come on, you know, you know the Christianese, you got the Christianese down. You know, when to wear, you know when to lift your hands. First song, clap. Make sure you clap on beat. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm trying to help you, Pastor Juan. Okay. Because sometimes they do the... And it's like, bro, you're, we're struggling as a unit. First song, you know how to clap your hands. Come on, you know, second song, you know where to lift your hands up halfway. You know, three minutes into the song, that's when you know you got to use the bathroom. Check if they got leftover coffee. Third song, you come back in, shed a little tear. Ignore the announcement video because we're talking about money and offering. 
tune out the first 20 minutes of the message, lock in the last 10 minutes. Maybe God gives you the goosebumps. You go home and you live your life like normal. Listen, you know how to play church. We know how to play church. Why? Because I did the same thing. I know how to play church. God would call us to not play church, but God would call us to really know, are we really engaging with what God's doing in our life? And not just in church, but every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Are you going through the motions, wanting to externally change your behavior without allowing God to internally transform your heart? And I don't want to be an individual who is so focused on the external change that people can see so I can get clout and people can think I'm good, but on the inside, I'm dying. On the inside, I'm hurting. And the problem with Matthew 7 is it has nothing to do how the house is built on the outside. I would dare to say that the man that built the house on the sand had a cooler house than the man who built it on the rock. He probably had more time. He probably had more money. He probably was able to spend more time on this thing that made it look beautiful. Obviously, it was really close to the ocean. That's baller in real estate. When I bought my house, I won't tell you how much it was because that's, that's another point. They wanted to charge me 50 more thousand dollars for a view of a man-made lake. Can you believe that? I was like, devil is a liar. I'll take 10 steps out of my house and walk. $50,000 for a man-made lake. Are you, pff, not even real. I love, I, I love where I live. I'm just saying, like, what they would call a view these days. <laughs> Man on the sand, who built on the sand, he's like, come see my house. It's so cool. Look at this. Look at that. Look at this. And then one day the storm comes and everything gets washed away. Because his foundation was in sense. Because his foundation wasn't built on the right thing. Because he probably took shortcuts. Because he probably didn't pay attention. But because he wanted to do it his way instead of the right way. And because he was foolish, the storm took his house out. Because remember, God doesn't judge just you. He judges what you build. The, Pastor Mike Miller in, in Dallas, he says this. And this was really good. He says, God didn't judge the man. He judged what the man built. And so at the end of your life, God's not going to judge you just for who you are, but he's going to judge what you built. And he will send a storm to see if it's built on the right thing. And so the storm is not the anger of God. The storm is the kindness of God because he doesn't want you to build on something that's not going to last. Because he's trying to get a hold of your heart, not your appearance. He's trying to get a hold of your heart, not just your external reality. He's trying to get a hold of your heart, not just you feeling better about your job. He's trying to get a hold of your heart, not just about your kids behaving. He's trying to get a hold of your heart, not just your and getting along with your wife. He's trying to get a hold of the deep things inside you. And the gospel transforms our heart from the inside out, not just our behavior. And if we could just fo if we just focus so much on behavior modification, but we don't allow the Lord to give us heart transformation, we will always repeat the thing that we're not supposed to repeat. Because God says, a man built his foundation on the rock. The thing that no one can see, but yet God knows. <sighs> Only you know what you are building your life, your marriage, your family, your character. You, you, you know what you're building your life on. No, you can't play the funk with Jesus. It doesn't work. 
And I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching to myself. Am I living a life where I'm allowing God to transform me from the inside out? I am allowing God to change my heart. I'm allowing God to work on the foundation of my life. If there's cracks, if there's brokenness, I'm allowing God to do what he needs to do on the inside. Or am I just trying to focus that everyone thinks I'm doing a good job and it's just external behavior, but yet I'm not allowing him to really get to the root, to the foundation of who I am. let him in because God builds where he dwells and he dwells where he builds I remember when I lived in D.C. I'm going to close with this I lived in D.C. I was doing missions for a couple years love D.C. love that area even though all the politics and stuff don't worry about that D.C.'s hype it's awesome and I was driving by and they were building a skyscraper and I don't know if you've ever seen a skyscraper like probably seen a skyscraper in real life but like when they're about to build it the foundation was massive. It was like 20 to 30 feet deep. And it was the size of a city block. Like it was huge. And I remember asking a friend who actually ended up being an architect. He was studying to be an architect at the same time. I was like, dude, why is that so, why does it have to be so deep? And, and my friend was telling me, well, if they don't get the foundation right, they can't build everything they want to on top. And he also told me, that it takes longer to get the foundation right than actually build the building. Some of us are so focused on what the building looks like, but you're not letting God build your foundation. Some of you do have to go to basics. Jesus loves you. Repent when you mess up. Fall in love with the word. Start being generous with your time. Actually serve. Be in key relationship. Basics, fundamentals, the things that Paul would say that are easy to start in your relationship with Jesus. Why? Because if our foundation is not correct, God can't build on something that's on shaky ground. And maybe the reason why God isn't wanting to do a new thing in you is because you haven't let him do the original thing in you. Because God wants to do what he needs to do with your foundation so that he can build on top of you. Maybe you got to get back to the place where you allow Jesus to move in the invisible parts of your life more than the visible parts of your life. Internal transformation, not just external change. And so here's my question. Would we stop building things that don't last? Come on. You know what I'm talking about. Because I don't know if you know this. Both men were builders. See, it wasn't the problem that they were lazy. It wasn't the problem that where they weren't willing to build. The problem was is what they were willing to build on. And when we, you, you're going to build. Whether you like it or not, you're building right now. Like you just put a brick in your family to prioritize Jesus in the presence of God. Because you came to church. That's a good thing. Build a brick. But are you building that brick on the rock, which is Jesus? Or are you building that brick, which is sand, because it's your own emotions and your own guilt and all your stuff and you're not doing it on the right thing? Are you building your marriage on the rock? Or are you building your marriage on yourself? Are you building your life on, your, on the rock, which is Jesus? Or are you building your life on yourself? You will build, whether you like it or not. You're always building. You're always in a place of building. You're always going to be in a season of building. You will constantly build. But this is what happens to builders who don't build on the rock. The storm comes, and they got to start all over. Would you allow yourself to stop wasting time building on things that do not last? And only you know what that looks like. Do me a favor. Stand your feet with me. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.